2: Welcome to the Believe in Steelers
0: podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. The NFL regular season is in the books and the Steelers season is over. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor.
2: What's up, Mark and Mark? Season is over with. That fan's like a blink of an eye. We was just talking about training camps, you know, all that good stuff. Now, all of a sudden, man, we're talking about postseason. You give about five more weeks. We're going to be talking about draft picks. It's crazy.
0: And the Steelers starting the season 0-3 and finishing the season 0-3. We're going to break down the 28-10 to loss to the Baltimore Ravens. We'll also go over what the Steelers need to do in the offseason. Let's start with the loss to the Ravens, though, Ike. Pittsburgh, yet again, and you said it on last week's show, that the first team to 20 points would win the game. That held true. On Sunday, and the Steelers' offense struggled yet again.
2: We've been talking about that part. The Steelers' offense been struggling for three weeks. You know what I'm saying? So that's the frustrating part. If you're a Steeler fan, or if you just like the organization, it's like, dang, our defense can do it, but how long can our defense, you know, hold up? And you got to be the offense got to complement the defense. Just by time of possession, if you're not scoring, trying to get three points if you can, because them three and outs are hard on the defense. You know, just sitting. On the sideline, then they got to get right back up. I can't even get comfortable and drink my tea. You know, I got to get right back up. I got ordered, then get back out on the field, if you want to look at it like that. But that's just been the frustrating part, Mark, just that offense not scoring enough points. You know, if I can get the 23, if I can get the 23, 24 points, it'll be a different story. Pittsburgh still is being in the playoffs, but, you know, 17, 10 points per game, that's not going to cut it. Especially trying to go into the playoffs. So it's just frustrating. You say the best, starting off 0-3, then finishing off 0-3. You know, you just don't deserve to be in there. But a lot of injuries, you know, came to that position. But I'm just happy for Coach T, even though I'm upset about them not making the playoffs, just happy for Coach T, you know, going a eight, and, eight and, and dealing with that adversity he had to deal with. Um, I mean, it's a lot of teams, and we can just talk about Dallas, who had pretty much 90% of the season, they were at full strength and they couldn't even cut it and make it to the playoffs. Coach T was down to his four string His four string quarterback, Juju, was out, dealt with a lot of rookies playing receivers, a uh, miss pouncy for a couple of games. So it was a lot of missing pieces to that puzzle, so say. But man, I just got to tell my hat to Coach T uh, not going for a losing record, still sticking with eight and eight, and just what he had to work with in that coaching staff and how they came out the season. Is very impressive.
0: And if this is the Steelers floor, that's encouraging for fans headed into the 2020 season. It was a tale of really two sides of the ball. The Steelers didn't score 30 points in a single game this season, but they only allowed 30 once, and that was in week one to the Patriots. The last time the Steelers scored 30 points in a game, week 13 of the 2018 season. So the Steelers, Hadn't scored 30 points in 20 consecutive games. That was the longest drought in the NFL. But that just goes to show you the fact that the team was still 8-8 and was remarkable. So if they can get some of those things shored up in the offseason and get a lot of the key players that were injured this season, Big Ben will be 38 coming off the elbow injury, getting James Conner fully healthy because the second half of the season, you could tell he was not – the same James Conner that we've seen before, and you could say the same thing with Juju Smith-Schuster. There's a lot of questions whether or not he's a number one guy, whether he's a Batman or a Robin type receiver, a number one or a number two. But again, he was injured. He was playing hurt through this season. Let's see what the team can do when all these guys return from injury next
2: season. Yeah, that's gonna be key. And if and if I'm one of the players and they're listening to this podcast, is stay healthy you know what what Ben went through ain't nothing you can really do with Ben like you can't you can't go into the offseason. season like Ben had to have elbow surgery that's just part of it but these juju injuries these kind of injuries you know even though Connor did mess up his shoulder I played with a third degree AC joint in college and I ran with I ran I, I literally played with one shoulder so I can understand that and he plays running back so you got a lot of guys you know you got 11 guys trying to trying to get you out the game so say it's hard playing running back in the league, but offseason gotta be important. You know, offseason gotta be important for Juju. I know Juju is well known, you know, off the football field. You know, you're talking about a guy who can brand and market himself. Man, that's just what Juju do. You gotta love Juju. He's a fun, he's a fun kid. He knows how to market himself, whether it's playing games, whether it's whether it's soccer. He's just he's just cool to be around, whether it's going to high school proms. That's just Juju. But at the same time, man, don't forget, our number one job is football. So in the off season, you have to stay healthy. You know, you you gotta stay healthy. Uh, Traveling gotta be to a minimum, uh, catch you a good month, get about six weeks, do what you wanna do, then let's get back to it. You know, you're only good as as you being available. You know, so say, so these kids gotta start understanding, man, being... (laughs) Being Batman is a little bit different from Robin. Being Batman is—it takes a different mindset. It's a little bit different, you know. Now, kind of starting to see like, you know, L Bell is enough. Now, Juju starting to see like, AB is enough, and it starts with the off season. It, it just don't start with, oh, I had a season because it's a what have you done for me lately season, you know. Kind of made a Pro Bowl, Juju made a Pro Bowl, but. That's fine and dandy when it's on the resume, but at the same time, man, you, you got to be consistent. That's what made Le'Veon good. He was consistent at going to these Pro Bowls. That's what made A.B. good. He was consistent, and it all started in the offseason. We can say what we want to say about Le'Veon or uh, A.B. When the offseason came, all you saw them do was work. Work, 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 work. I mean, they can kick it. They can party. They can do whatever they want to do, but you best believe before they – do all this kicking and partying, and them boys working, you know. So that's what these young kids gotta understand. Like it's just a "What have you done for me lately?" kind of business, and you know, kind of for his position, you know, p- they like to go deep, you know. And and that's just how it is at that running back position. Unless you're, unless they feel like you're special, you know, it's kind of backs by association. Wide receiver position, Juju, you gotta stay healthy. You gotta understand, like. It's a little bit different being Robbie, man. You know, you got to look at your body type. You got to know your body just as well as anybody else. You know, and that's what these young kids got to understand. Like, my body is my money maker. This is my company. This is my corporation. So, you got to understand, man. Look, I got to lose weight. I got to eat, right? You know, I got to train. I got to get massages. And this should be my regiment. Like, this is how it should go. You know, because he... He came in heavy as a rookie, you know. Early he came in heavy as a rookie. Had to lose some weight. So Juju gotta understand, man. I gotta, I gotta keep my weight down, or I'll be a tight end soon. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real. Like, you know, the older you get, the older you get, it's not gonna get easier losing weight. And you're young, so. But you gotta understand your body and your body type. So Juju. Juju he'll get it. He's a good kid. But for the most part, man, the only thing that really hurt Pittsburgh was them damn injuries. And you had injuries at key positions, you know, especially with seven. Um, to to go 8-8 eight and, eight and Coach T with losing your star quarterback, that's saying a lot. Then you get down to your second-string quarterback and Mason Rudolph, and we all know what happened, you know, from him having a concussion that Baltimore game then getting into it in that Cleveland game, like, you know he went down. Then you got Duck Hodges. He got to come through for you. So, you know technically, Duck was your fourth string because Josh Dobbs got traded. Man, there was a lot that was going on. You know, but for them young guys, they they got to understand being Batman is a little bit different between being Robin. But that starts in the off season.
0: I had seen a lot on social media. A lot of the fans wanting to go after offensive coordinator Randy Feetner. The analogy I'm going to make is this. Imagine a five-star Michelin chef trying to have to prepare a meal with bologna and potato chips. That's what it was like with the Steelers offense, with all the injuries that they had. It's something that needs to be addressed, and it's something that they need to improve upon for next season. No doubt. No doubt there. But the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers were in a spot to potentially make the playoffs in week 17 with a fourth string quarterback, an undrafted rookie out of Samford named duck Hodges. That's incredible. That is incredible. And I'm not trying to knock duck Hodges at all. I'm not trying to knock those other players that filled in and got the Steelers to this point. But the fact that the Steelers went eight and eight with all the injuries that they had again, It'd be like a five-star Michelin chef trying to cook a gourmet meal with bologna and potato chips.
2: When you say a five-star chef, the first thing I thought was bologna. <laughs> you know, <'cause>, because <laughs> I, I was gonna use that same analogy. That that was the first thing I was gonna say, Mark. I, but I was gonna say, man, you can't go to four asking for a Ferrari. So they're gonna look at you and be like, man. Same you thing. Same wife. thing. Yeah, like so. You know, right now, Coach Randy, for what he had to work with, man, he, the man really from a from a coach's standpoint, experience and all, he really didn't have too much to work with. All he really had to work with was an offensive line. <laughs> if you wanna think about it, an offensive line can't catch screens, throw the ball and run the ball. Like them what that's that was your veteran part of that offense was that O line for the most part. You know, so everything else was by committee. Receivers by committee, running backs by committee, quarterbacks by committee. I mean, they even did in the what game that was when they played Mason and Duck Hodges. So it's like, hey man, we are going with the hot hand. You don't never go with the hot hand at the quarterback position. Usually do that for a running back or a receiver, but at the quarterback, man, they had to go with the hot hand. Like if you hot this series, you stay in there. If you cold, the the guy you sitting right next to, he about to get in. So <laughs> keep that fire hot, but. Yeah, man, it's just them boys had really – the O.C., Coach Randy, he didn't really have too much to work with, and that's been since the second game of the season. You know, as soon as Ben went down, it's like, oh, snap. So you're talking about a future Hall of Famer to let me get my franchise or let me see if, if the guy behind him, Mason Rudolph, can be a franchise guy, oh, snap. That, that hit, that big hit took with that big concussion hurt him. And, and once you have concussions, there ain't no coming back from him. I don't care what people say. When you get hit like that, it's like being a boxer. If you got a strong chin or you got a glass chin, it's 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 one of the two. It's one of the two. So now I'm looking into the offseason like, man, I probably got to get me a quarterback. Because I've I seen this before. I've seen this. Once you start going to sleep, you start taking that night core cool often. You know that's that's what we call on the field, like, hey man, boy just took that night quill. You know, once you start taking that night quill, man, having concussions, you know, you start going to McDonald's and ordering pizza. That's not good. <laughs> so, 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 Mark, man, from that quarterback position, to Mason Rudolph, yeah, I hope he does stay healthy. But at the same time, man, I gotta look as an organization, I gotta look a little deeper and see if I need to draft me another quarterback.
0: You just had to top my analogy, didn't you?
2: <laughs>
0: uh, Sunday's game marked the ninth time in the past ten games the Steelers have scored just one offensive touchdown. I, I got to ask you: even if the Steelers had won, they still would not have made the postseason because the Titans beat the Texans, so it would not have mattered anyways. Were you scoreboard watching it all on Sunday?
2: Yeah, I was, and I and I and I said this, and I, you know what? We've been talking about this. We've been saying there's two teams that got the playoff recipe. They just don't look good winning. It's boring how they win. We said Buffalo and we said Tennessee. (laughs) We said them two teams. They don't look good. They're not exciting to watch. But they're going to run the ball. They're going to control the clock. They're going to play good defense. And that's exactly what Buffalo and the Tennessee Titans been doing. So now you get Derrick Henry back when it comes down (laughs) to the uh, Tennessee Titans. And you got some receivers.
0: A.J. Brown looks incredible.
2: You got a group of young receivers. You got a tight end. You got Tannehill, who's been playing in the Matrix right now. You got two running backs in Derrick Henry and company. And you got a solid defense. You got a solid defense. So you saw what they did to Houston. And even though Houston didn't have a few of their main starters and the Hopkins and the Watson and those guys, but I feel like they still was going to give those guys problems regardless because how Houston won. That's just how they play, just what they do. We're going to play smash mouth football. We're going to try to control the clock. We're going to try to keep you off the field, Deshaun Washington, Tom Brady, and we're going to play good defense. So if it's a matchup that I like, and we'll talk about this between, you know, the New England Patriots and, and Tennessee Titans, but I'm liking the Titans. But we'll get into that when you want to bring that topic up.
0: And you mentioned running the football too, something that Baltimore was able to do against the Steelers too. Steelers allowed a season high 223 rushing yards and the Ravens led the NFL in rushing offense. This season, Baltimore's time of possession in this game nearly doubled Pittsburgh's Baltimore had time of possession for 39 minutes and 27 seconds out of a 60 minute game. And it just shows you, if you can, control the clock and run the ball this late in the season with the cold weather teams. We say this every single week. You're able to control usually the outcome of the game. You're able to be in control. And that does wonders for keeping your defense off the field. Sometimes the best defense is offense.
2: T.O.P. That's top. So all the teams who are at the top or in the playoffs right now with the time of possessions, you know, them teams in the playoffs market, market, you know, again, and we've been saying this, you know, since the beginning of the season, man, where you can control the clock, you're gonna win a lot of games. You're gonna be you're gonna be we're gonna be talking about you in January. First matchups. So and that's that's all Baltimore did, man. Baltimore and RG3 is a huge guy. Like I, I trained and worked out with RG. Ain't nothing small about RG3. Like he's legit six four, two forty. Easy easy, easy, but he's a solid, he's physically fit kind of guy. So now you get him handing the ball off and going back to his Baylor days. You know, that's why you're seeing Coach Greg Roman is up all these head coaching positions because people are seeing what the heck he's doing in Baltimore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that time of possession is a, it's a, will. It's, it's a will. It's a will, that's want to. When your offensive lineman thinking like, defensive tackles talking about we're going to smash you or we just want to hold the ball all day and you can't stop us or we going in the two hole right now and stop me and no, you can't stop me. And when they get up to the line and be like, man, I, we running left and you know they running left and you can't stop them, man, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. And that's all Baltimore been doing this whole season. Like that's why they play action game is so good. That's why the tight ends are catching passes. That's why these receivers are open for the most part because they're letting you know our recipe. We're going to run left on this play. No, you're not. Yes, we are. We're going to run left on this play. So so stop us. That's just their mentality on offense.
0: And I think that's also factoring into that their fourth down conversion rate is the best in the NFL because they're able to run the ball and get into short yardage situations. And they've been so effective. And we saw Sunday, even with, their backups they were still able to do that let's take a quick break though and tell you about manscaped support for today's show of the believe in steelers podcast comes from manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming manscape offers precision engineered tools for your family's jewels that's why manscape has redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology finally Manscaped accidents are a thing of the past. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscape.com. Use code believe B-L-E-A-V. But Ike, going back to just being able to run the football, you'd have to imagine that's why Baltimore is the favorite to win the Super Bowl headed into the postseason they're the hottest team in football having won 12 consecutive games and they have home field as well but it's just it seems like it doesn't even matter who they put in there and yes you can talk about Lamar but Mark Ingram's had a great year they get the tight ends involved and they're doing it in a way that's just different than really any team just because I their formations are different and, and like you said with Greg Roman there's reasons why he's getting head coaching consideration from other teams right now. I guess the question I, or the point I'm I'm trying to make, is Baltimore your favorite headed into the postseason?
2: Yes, they are. The only thing that scares me, Mark, is the bye week. It throws your rhythm off. And usually the only teams who really did good for the bye for so long is the New England Patriots because that's just what they do. Now, if... The Baltimore Ravens can start being like the New England Patriots and getting to the playoffs and have the buys and they do do this consistently. Then I'll be like, okay, that's the road to get to the Super Bowl is through the Baltimore Ravens. But since this is their first time having a buy and being off for three weeks, the key starters, that's the only thing I'm having a question mark on because you got guys who getting in the rhythm when you want to say a playoff team and it's always that one playoff team because I was once a part of that one playoff team in 2005 where we just had to win the last four games to get to the playoffs. Then we just took off once we got in the playoffs. So I'm like, and it's always going to be a team like that during the playoffs. So will that team be in the AFC or NFC? We We shall see, but, you know, that's the only thing I don't like, man. That that going that going to Baltimore, Baltimore just sitting for three weeks. You know, so that's the only thing that scares me. You know, if Tennessee, I think Tennessee can get through, you know, the Patriots. If Tennessee go on the road, they both got the same they both got the same recipe. If you think about it, the only thing that's really different is a special quarterback and Lamar Jackson. Just sit there and think. <laughs> like that's the Lamar's the only thing. If you're looking at Tennessee, and you're looking at Baltimore, and I'm I'm sure you probably pull up pulling up these stats and rushing yards and time of possessions. The only thing difference is Lamar Jackson, bro. That's that's and that he's a special. He's just a special, a special guy. When you want to talk about running backs, you know they got Mark and they they have a young Derrick Henry. That's the scariest team I'm looking at for the Ravens is playing the Tennessee Titans. And that's because they have the same recipe and the X factor will be, you know, the X-Men. And that X-Man is Lamar Jackson, you know. So, I mean, Tannehill hasn't been playing bad this year either. I mean, what a job he's been doing, but he's no Lamar, you know. But he, he's been playing outside his body too. I'm talking about Tannehill, the quarterback from the Tennessee Titans. But, yeah, man, just looking at the recipe, Mark, between those two teams, they got the same recipe. It's just one guy, the quarterback position is very, very special.
0: And I believe Tannehill had the highest quarterback rating in the NFL, which I know is kind of a, an arbitrary stat. Everyone's like, oh, I don't like quarterback rating. And you see that Tannehill has the best quarterback rating of any, of any single caller in the league. It's, it's kind of incredible. So let's go to the flip side of the playoff bracket on the NFC. Who do you like there?
2: San Frank can do it all. San Frank can play smash mouth football, run the clock, hold it, or we can go to New Orleans and have a shootout. And you know my defense is going to play well anyway. Like So that's San Frank can play whatever kind of ball you want to play. Like if you want to play finesse football, New Orleans Saints, we can play finesse football, we can have a shootout. If y'all want to start playing this Seattle ball, we just want to ground the pound. we got a few running backs who can do that too. So, what y'all want to do? Basically, that's how San Fran looked in the playoffs. Like, what kind of game y'all want to have? Oh, we want to have this Finesse game. Okay, let's go. Let's go Shanahan. Shanahan going to look at his, he going to look at his formation, his playbook, see how other teams play. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play Finesse today. Or, we play in Seattle and they make it to the playoffs, they get to the second round. Okay. Yeah, we're going to play smash mouth today. Tennessee can't be like, we do going to play finesse football, we're going to pass the ball out. Like <laughs> Tennessee want to smash and pound you. Yeah. You, that, that's yeah. just – Buffalo, they, they want to they wanna ground and pound you. That's what they want to do. San Fran, they can do it all. <laughs> they can do it all. They can play smash mouth. They have a fullback who's a pro bowler. You got Kittles at the tight end. Both of those guys, Sanders, so yeah. Yes, Emmanuel Sanders has been nothing but gold for them, just helping the young Debo Samuels, just helping the young wide receivers in that group. Emmanuel Sanders, like he done went to the of Youth going up. And then you got running backs for days, but Garoppolo, he's starting to have these game-winning drives. He's starting to take control and all that good stuff. He's having fun. And- you got formation for days for Cal Shanahan, man. It, it's just, honestly, it's just, it's exciting to watch Shanahan and how he uses an exotic run game for the 49ers. Run game. Usually, when you think exotic, you're thinking of Sean McVay or Sean Payton on creating these good passing holes and having a good passing game. When you talk about exotic, Kyle Shanahan, oh, my Lord, man. His run game, his run game playbook is so special. Here another one. And I pay attention to players. And these they have the same kind of recipe in these two teams, the L.A. Rams and the San Fran 49ers. When you want to talk about having an offense that's smoking mirrors, it's just – Coach Shanahan has a better personnel at what he wants to do. You know, he he have good key players in that personnel. Coach Sean McVay wants to run the same kind of offense. It's the same. It's the same. It's smoke and mirrors. Now you see me, now you don't. But Coach Shanahan personnel sets him up even better. You know, you got guys who are in their prime at the right positions. And I got a nice defense. You know, the only thing I don't like is four defensive linemen all out with season-ending injuries for the San Francisco 49ers. That's telling me something in the weight room. Like, we we doing too much in the offseason or during the season in the weight room. So let's make sure we correct this moving forward. That's the only thing that scares me with them four defensive linemen having season-ending injuries. But other than that, Sam Bragg can play whatever ball you want to play, man. For real.
0: And it helps that they have the bye week. I think the other team in the NFC that has the bye week, the Green Bay Packers, to me, they're a little bit of a paper tiger. And they went 13 and three this year, barely got by Detroit in week 17. And they've found ways to win this season. And I know they've got a great running back who you love, Aaron Jones. But I look at a Green Bay team against. Either the teams from the NFC West and the playoffs, either the 49ers or the Seahawks, or possibly going against the New Orleans Saints if the Saints take care of business and beat the Minnesota Vikings. To me, the Packers are a very weak two-seed of any of the four teams, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Niners, and the Packers, that got a bye week for the wildcard round.
2: But, Mark, they've been playing from a passing standpoint. They've been playing that Tennessee, that Buffalo Bills football. It's been ugly, but they've been winning. But when you look, when you say the Green Bay Packers, the first person you think of is AR-12. And, of course, you think in passing and pretty, them boys been winning ugly. Don't forget the first four games of the season. It's been defensive-minded. Like, them boys, when they went into Chicago, it was a defensive, but they better, And, again, we listen to the players on this show. so. AR-12, Aaron Rodgers, who I'm talking about, AR-12 was like, it finally feels good to have a defense where I feel like I can't – I shouldn't have a shootout every game to try to win the ball game. So – and I still remember that. I think that was like the third week – the third week he said that. And I'm like, wow, like, okay, now he understands the defense is really, really, really important. They win championships. Even though they beat us in the Super Bowl, they had a hell of a defense. Now he's just saying as he get older, like, Okay, I'm really going to need a good defense. And that's what they're providing him right now. And the game's been ugly, yes, but quietly 13 and 3 is like, sheesh, and you know how 10 and 6 barely getting you in the playoffs in yeah. the NFC. Like the Vikings barely, they barely getting in the playoffs. Unless you're in the NFC East, but continue. Unless you, the Philadelphia Eagles. But other than that, and that's another team that had to deal with a lot of versions, but other than that, yeah, when you want to talk about the Green Bay Packers, yeah, quietly 13 to three is scary. Like ain't nobody really been talking about them, but they've really been winning and they only lost three ball games. <laughs> so now we're gonna talk about how they've been winning and our expectations of AR twelve and you know, we like them shootout games, but this year he hasn't been having any shootout games. He's actually kind of been struggling, but he's really been relying on that one guy, Aaron Jones, who I've been talking about for the longest, 19 total touchdowns as a running back. He has more touchdowns than some quarterbacks <laughs> in the NFL. 19 total touchdowns, whether it's receiving or rushing. And I think that's very impressive. But, yeah, man, quietly, offseason pickups on their defense between the two linebackers. Man, them boys, it's just they, they quietly have been flying under the radar stealth wise and now we're going to see
0: ike i want to move the discussion to kind of some of the postseason stuff and kind of bring it back to the steelers and all with the steelers out of the playoffs finishing eight and eight i know we had talked a lot about whether mike tomlin would be the nfl coach of the year i still think there's an argument to be made that he could be a candidate but with the steelers out of the playoffs is there someone else that you like instead of coach Tomlin, a team that maybe made the playoffs or, you know, I've heard similar arguments for what Brian Flores has done with the Miami Dolphins. I've also heard arguments with kind of what Doug Peterson has done with the Philadelphia Eagles, getting the Eagles in the playoffs with, you know, guys named Boston Scott and, uh, uh Ward, the receiver. I think it's Greg Ward where these guys were, you know, literally off the scrap people literally on their couch and with all the injuries that the Eagles had. Is there anyone else that you like for Coach of the Year that should be up for consideration that deserves a shout-out other than Coach Tomlin?
2: Coach Tomlin and Coach Doug Peterson, they had the same kind of itinerary. You know, they was working with the same kind of personnel. You know, it's just with Coach Doug getting into the playoffs, they picking up guys off the street like, hey, bro, you want to play for the Philadelphia Eagles? Sure, good. We can use you. We're going to win. You know, they going into – you know, restaurants and getting chefs and cooks in the back. Like, hey, bro, you think you six 6'5"? You think you can play receiver? Yeah, bro, I think I can play receiver. All right, come on, man. Let me give you a couple of the plays. We're going to win. You know, going into, you know, looking to the running back situation, going to, you know, Disney somewhere, getting a, getting the little guy and be like, hey, bro, you think you can play running back? Yeah, bro, I think I can play running back. Come on, man. Let's play for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think you can win. That's what they legit been doing. They've been getting guys off the street and them boys been winning. But it's like as soon as they step into the Eagles facility, they already bought in and they're giving these guys so much confidence. And Carson Wentz has played at a high level the last four games. It's like, dang, them boys really do have a lot of confidence. Because if you just ask some of the players, they kind of still had that Super Bowl hangover. Like we won a Super Bowl. We've been through this before. that could be a bad thing, but it work, it's working in good favor for the Philadelphia Eagles. And now Carson Wentz is showing you why they, why Nick Foles is in Jacksonville and he's still and – he, and they paid him and he's still a Philadelphia Eagle. Like, now he's showing you why. Like, okay, Nick Foles, I passed him the baton when I got hurt. He handled his business. We won the four-by-two. He did a good job. I have that on my resume, but watch what I do. You can see what Carson Wentz and Coach Dougie is doing up there in Philly. Man, them boys, first of all, the defense has been playing better, one. But two, Carson Wentz, he's really put this team on his back off of what he's been doing, off of of what he's had to work with. Another guy I would like to mention is Coach Brabo over there with the Tennessee Titans, like quietly. This is second year getting into the playoffs quietly. You know? So and again they have this recipe which we don't like. It's ugly football, smash mouth, old school 1970s kind of football. But you know, they they, they probably one of the most scariest teams I would I wouldn't want to face in the playoffs right now. But, yeah, Coach T, Coach Dougie, Coach Vabel, even Coach down from Miami. You said it right. Like, when you first started the season or just going into the season, that's how Pittsburgh got Minka, Fitzpatrick. But they was doing a lot of those trades. Then it was coming out. Guys didn't want to play for them. They wanted to get traded out of Miami. And I'm looking like, how you want to get traded out of Miami? Don't you know the, the weather is nice down there? Like, Don't you know the scene is nice down there? South Miami? Beach, baby. Man, how do you want to get traded out of South Beach, man? You got guys who can't wait to go to South Beach in all season. You trying to get away from South Beach. But to see what Coach been through and him finishing off the season, beating the Patriots, just to see him also start the season off very bad. He, he, he started the season off bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, they thought that the Dolphins were going to be tanking for Tua. And yeah. you know, where we are a few months later with Tua's injury and The Dolphins really turning around the season. One of the feel-good stories in the NFL this season. I think you got to throw Sean Payton in that mix, too. Don't forget, the Saints won five games with Teddy Bridgewater filling in as a backup for the injured Drew Brees when he had that, I believe, a thumb injury. I want to go back to something you said about Carson Wentz, though, and I think this is really important with just quarterbacking overall in the league the things that he needs to do to win games with the personnel that he has, whether that's managing the game and then making a few plays here and there to put his team over the top. I think that's what the quarterback position demands. You were talking about how there's different styles and different, there are different ways that teams will play to win football games. You're not going to get a 70 yard touchdown pass on every single play You know, sometimes it's throwing the ball away to live another down. Sometimes it's throwing the ball away to avoid a sack and to play the field position game. You get the ball back on the next drive and you haven't given up a score and you flip the field. I think Carson Wentz is starting to figure that out because you have to remember he's still a young quarterback too. And I just see this all the time. The guy I think of right off the top of my head is Jameis Winston. First 30 touchdown pass season, 30 interception season. And everyone was laughing on social media and everything. And you can see that Winston chose flashers of being an excellent quarterback in this league. At the same time, he does some horrific things where he's giving up pick sixes and it puts your defense either in a horrible position to where the other team's going to score or you allow a pick six to where the opposing defense is then scoring on you. And so I guess my point is try- that I'm trying to make is, is that Carson Wentz and the elite quarterbacks in the league, Tom Brady is excellent at this. When you need him to make a play and to be that elite quarterback, he's able to do that, but he's not always doing that on every single play. He's not always going for the home run every single time.
2: A truck or trailer. That's what we like to say. Is your quarterback – a truck where he carries a team or is he a trailer? Uh he has to have a lot of pieces around him so the team can carry him. Kirk Cousins, a trailer. Um, as much as I like Dak, you know, Dak right now he's a trailer. You know, um Duck Hodge is a trailer. Um it's it's only elite pickup trucks. And your pickup truck guys, for all the people who hasn't tuned in yet, we talking about quarterbacks, so trucks are trailers like Aaron Rodgers is a pickup truck. The team got to follow his lead, you know. Drew Brees is a pickup truck. He carries the team. Russell Wilson is a pickup truck. He carries the team, and it's only a few guys, like as, as franchise is what you want to say, or as franchise on how you want to pay these guys, it's only a few trucks in the league. That's why they have tiers, like first-tier quarterback, second-tier quarterback, third-tier quarterback. Your first tier quarterbacks, you're Lamar Jackson's, like those guys, they are pickup trucks. They carry the team. Like they just, they special. They difference. Even even looking at Garoppolo right now, I'm not I won't consider him as being a pickup truck. He got a lot of good pieces around him. So until I feel like there's a time in his career where he carries his team, then I call him a pickup truck. But right now I just feel like he's a trader. That's how fans gotta start looking at it like, it's only a few. It's only a few at that quarterback position that can really carry a team, just like playing wide receiver. Like, it's only a few superstars. It's only a few Julio Joneses. It's only a few ABs. It's only a few A.J. Greens. He's been injured for a while. It's only a few Mike Evans. Like, everybody is the one. You know, everybody. That's just how it is. Everybody is 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 not a one, and they laugh at me because I say, man, right now, I'll take Jarvis over OBJ. But Jarvis just been consistent with bad quarterbacks. That's Jarvis Landry just been very consistent with bad quarterbacks. Talent wise, there's probably no other talented receiver than OBJ. But you, just, I'm just talking about consistency. And down and down out. Like I know, I know OBJ. He's gonna come downhill, and if I ask him to block on a linebacker, he's gonna come block on a linebacker or safety. Like I can't ask OBJ to do that, but I know Jarvis. He's gonna come across the middle. He's gonna take big hits. He's a tough, gritty, nasty receiver. He's an old-school receiver. Like that's just how it is. So people just, you know. Because you get paid doesn't mean you're a franchise quarterback. Your franchise paid you like a franchise quarterback. So then you just got to ask yourself, is my guy a truck or a trailer? You know, do he need, does he need all the pieces around him to make him be successful? Or do he build and ask guys and guys love being around them? And can he carry? It's only a few guys, you're only going to name five, Mark, that you feel that can carry a team.
0: And with Landry and Beckham, both players playing through injury this season, I think it says a lot about Landry that he's a pro bowl receiver this year. And he's playing through a hip injury throughout the whole year. And he's had the level of production that he's had the heart and soul of a Browns team that fired their coach in Freddie kitchens. And that's actually a good segue because I was then going to say, you know, of all the head coaching vacancies, you've got Cleveland Browns, Carolina Panthers, the Washington Redskins just hired Ron Rivera this morning. Dallas is probably open, and the New York Giants. Of all of those, which do you think is the most appealing?
2: I'm going to the Browns. Um, I'm heading. I'm heading to the Browns. The reason why I'm heading to the Browns because, you know, I saw it. I, one of the owners for who just bought the Carolina Panthers. You know, he he liked the talk on how he feel. The owners for the Carolina Panthers. He was minority share owner for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now he's the, the owner for for the Carolina Panthers. He 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 liked to put his two cents in. So I'm like, golly, if I'm thinking as a coach, like the situation is good over there, especially with Christian McCaffrey, what the hell are he doing. Like a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing. That's crazy. One of three guys to ever do that in in the history of the NFL so that says a lot about him but then you we gotta we go to Dallas and Jerry always got something to say (laughs) or he wants to or he wants to run the team so it looks good and you're looking at that roster you're like damn I got a hell of a roster but golly Jerry you got to say something every week so that Cleveland Brown and you know for Cleveland they say that Giants right now it's good to build. Like, if I want to build, I'm going to have some draft picks I can build. Like I say, Saquon. I don't know if Daniel Jones is the answer. I got a receiver, Shepherd. He's legit. Offensive line have been playing too bad. I really got to revamp my defense. So say. But that Cleveland, everything is intact. You got Nick Chubb's, Kareem Hunt. That's just to start off. Nick Chubb's, Kareem Hunt. You have a hurt but athletic. And when he comes back, he's, I'm not going to rush him and David Njoku because I have some other firepower to where I can just gradually get him back in the groove. OBJ, Jarvis Landry. Bam. Got defense full of first and second-round draft picks. They've been doing that for the longest. Now, the only thing I'm going to have to do in this draft is really get me three good offensive linemen. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to the offseason, if I'm the head coach, this is exactly what I need. I need three offensive linemen, first, second, third round. Now, if we have a grade at another position that's better than one of these offensive linemen I like, cool, I'll take that. But I'm going into needs for us, and our needs right now for the Cleveland Brown is offensive line. You know, so – if I, if we got a different grade on another position and we and we feel like this guy's coming in right now and he's helping us, of course, we, we, we got to take the need away and we got to do what's best for this organization. But from Urban Meyer <laughs> or Greg Roman, I know what Greg Roman can do with that offense.
0: That would be the ultimate Benedict Arnold move by Greg Roman.
2: I mean, it would be, but Your personnel ain't bad. (laughs) I'm just looking at your personnel. Your personnel ain't bad. And everybody like, oh, OBJ should go to a different team. Like, ain't nothing wrong with OBJ, man. Like, all good receivers are divas. Just look at every – just look at every – just damn near every Hall of Fame receiver is a diva. They always want the ball. That's just how it is, Marky Mark. Like, they, they always – they always want the ball. They always feel like if the ball is in their hands, they can make a big play. That's why they're so great. That's why they're so good because they're always whining for the ball. Like, Jerry always wants the ball. Jerry Rice, I'm talking about. Chris Carter always wants the ball. Raymond Moss always wants the ball. Like, and if you don't give them the ball, they're going to throw hissy fits. But it's the reason why I said them three guys' names because they're in the Hall of Fame. Like, it's a reason why like they're that good. So OBJ went first three years. Like he was on that road. He was on the hall of fame road. Like the man was having more yards in three years other than Randy Moss. You know what I'm saying? So we see the talent. of OBJ like, last game. If you see the touchdown on the sideline. Oh, incredible in catch. Yeah, in Cincinnati. Like th- that's just what, just, if you just watch it like, man, that's OBJ. Like he always be, he played too much. He always be doing stuff like that. But, that's just how it is. So if I'm a coach, I can bring in the GM I want to bring in. I got a loaded roster. If I'm Greg or Urban, you know Urban, he been he's from Ohio. So that's right up Urban my alley. Greg Roman, Baltimore, man, I appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity. But y'all see my roster down there in Cleveland? Boy, that's a hell of a roster. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I'm looking at it. And I get to bring in and sit down and talk to the GM I want to sit down and talk to, or I can possibly be a GM, which I think would be hard to do for you to be a head coach and a GM, but I mean, if they gave me the opportunity, I think I can do it. Though, Mark. But at the same time, I know that responsibility is huge. So, yeah, if I'm Greg or Urban, I'm looking at everybody talking about Dallas. Dallas sound good. like It sound good, and they have a nice roster, but man, boss man who signed on my checks, man, he'd be tripped.
0: To play devil's advocate with you, though, in Cleveland, you're talking about the NFL's longest active playoff drought. The Browns haven't made the playoffs since 2002. Ike, the only team in North American professional sports that has a longer active playoff drought are the Seattle Mariners in Major League Baseball. So you're dealing with Years and years, almost a generation's worth of fans of just frustration because of the Browns struggles year in and year out. So can you bring in a guy who can command respect in the locker room and channel that talent? I mean, you saw with Landry and Beckham on the sidelines just absolutely going ham on Freddie Kitchens. And okay, some that might just be optics or it might be in the heat of the game. Freddie Kitchens got fired because when he makes decisions like running the ball on a fourth and nine play or your teams out there on a fourth and 11, putting your punt team out there and then saying, no, I'll take the ball start penalty on purpose, put my offense back out on the field on fourth and 16, and then try to convert the clock mismanagement at the NFL level. Once you get up to the elite teams, there's parity in this league. It's not like in college football where there's a tremendous talent discrepancy and that will usually determine the outcome of a game. When you get to the elite levels in the postseason, when there's times it's a coin flip, look at what happened on Sunday night football between the 49ers and the Seahawks and how that could completely change the dynamic of the playoffs this season.
2: Freddie Kitchens got fired because he was the homeboy and not the dad. And we've been having this conversation and when you're an alpha, whether it's corporate or in football, when you're alpha, you see it. So the owner saw from Cleveland, like, he's not an alpha coach. Maybe this stage is too big for him right now. You ain't playing with Coach Sean Payton. You ain't arguing with Coach Sean Payton. You ain't arguing with Bill Belichick. You're not arguing with Mike Tomlin. You ain't arguing with them three. You ain't giving no kind of feedback back with them three. So that's that's what that's what I was saying. It was it was too much and he said it in the offseason like I'm gonna find a way to get everybody the ball. Man, that's the wrong thing to say. That's the wrong thing to say, man. You you walking into a concrete jungle or just a jungle in general when you go in that locker room. The locker room ain't nothing but testosterone and animals. You got guys who having car collisions every day and feel good about that they animals. Them boys animals. You got guys who are 170 something pounds not thinking twice about hitting a guy who's 240 pounds. That's an animal. Your mentality has to be a, a strong alpha animal mentality. Your dad, don't play with me. It's consequences when you play with me. He was too lenient from the get-go. That's how I felt about coach Freddie Kitchens. He was he was too nice from the get-go and Nice guys don't make it in the league. I'm sorry. Now, off the field, if you want to be everything you want to do in your community and be nice as you can, that's cool. But nice in football, in the football world, that's not going to cut it. And, that's, and that was Freddie Kitchen's problem. He was – I don't know if he was a nice guy. He just wasn't that dad. He was that homeboy coach. Here. Mark, you and I talked about this from – and I told you how I felt about him, like Coach Freddie. Like, I like Coach Freddie as an OC, but as a head coach, Man, you just too much of a dad. I mean, you're too much of a homeboy. You got to be a dad because Coach Tom, Coach Belichick, Coach Sean Payton, I have never seen nobody ever talk back to these coaches. I Matter of fact, I've never seen them go up to a player ask for their opinion because <laughs> that's dad. And you know what's cooler
0: than getting 1,500 yards receiving or leading the NFL in rushing, which Chubb very nearly did? Having team success, making the playoffs, ending that postseason drought, which I think speaks volumes about the Cleveland fans that they'll continue to support this team, despite the lack of success that this franchise has had. You know, what's cool celebrating in the end zone, regardless of who scores, because it's a team game. And he wasn't able to do that. You said this several weeks ago, and you and your Steelers players embodied this when you played Ike, you always said, it's about what we're doing, not about what I'm doing. And, you said this on the show when we were talking about Freddie kitchens a few weeks back, you said, you said, I'm going to run the ball with Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt, and we're going to establish the run. Once we do that, we might continue to run it and score touchdowns. And then maybe we'll set up the play action pass and we'll celebrate in the end zone, regardless of who scores. And they had the opportunity to do that this season. The Browns were the AFC North favorite at the start of the season, which is crazy to say with the season that the Ravens had and how the Steelers continued to stay in the hunt, despite the fact that they had all the injuries in the world from an offensive standpoint and the Browns. Yeah, they had some injuries, but they still had that talent playing on the field and they weren't able to get it done this season. They went six and 10. I can assure you this Baker Mayfield's not going to have as many national commercials this off season that he did this past year. And I'm not saying he shouldn't do commercials or anything like that, I'm all for doing whatever you want to do off the field to endorse your brand and make yourself more marketable. But with the team and the talent that the Browns had compared to the Steelers, the fact that the Steelers had a better record, it speaks volumes about the state of both franchises. It does.
2: Holy moly. The Browns are the NFC Dallas Cowboys. A lot of talent just always come short. And it's a reason why. And the reason why I think Dallas coming short is because <laughs> it's because Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones just needs to be Wyatt and let whoever dealing with the football aspect, the X and O's, just deal with them. Like. It's a reason why you and Coach Bill Parcells get into it. You and Coach Jimmy Johnson get into it. But, man, those guys bought you Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they know what they're doing when it comes down to X's and O's. Now, don't get me wrong, and I've said this before, Jerry Jones being the GM and being the front office, he's not bad at all because he's been getting that talent there. Okay, Jerry, now you've, you've done the hard part. Let your coaches coach them up and play and get the X's and O's together. Your coach will have a lot of more confidence when he knows his GM slash owner isn't saying anything. Monday about what the team needs to do. Your coach know you got my back one hundred percent. Feels a little bit different. I see with my son all the time. Like my son can be mess up on the play, be wrong. But you know he knows his dad is gonna have confidence and not scream or yell, always have something to say every time he messes up. It gives him confidence. He's so he feels good about messing up. He's feeling free. That's how I look at with Jerry Jones, like Jerry, yeah, you Very successful when it comes down to business, I believe as an owner, nobody really has or is as much business-minded as you when it comes down to football and creating these avenues and building these stadiums and holding these events. Nobody ain't doing it like you, Jerry. Tip my hat off to you. Really nobody in the world, I think. But, man, leave your coaches and the X's and O's alone. Or oh, if you got something to say, say it to where they feel you always got their back.
0: And what other owner has a weekly news conference? And maybe it goes into the marketing in the, the business savvy and the genius behind that. How does that translate to on-field success? Because at least in terms of the playoffs, it hasn't. It hasn't. What if the NFL owner has a weekly news conference, though, where he meets with media members?
2: It's crazy. So that's my take on Dallas Cowboys and Mr. Jerry Jones, because I feel like it's a lot of talent. Now getting to Cleveland Browns is, okay, it's two guys I think y'all should get, Urban Meyer or Greg Roman, those two, and stick with them. Give it a mandatory three years and stick with it. because three years and probably more realistically five too. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say three to five and stick with it, man. Cause every other team we talking about, they just has stability. Coach Harbaugh, he's been with them for what? 15 years. Coach T 15 years. Uh, Kevin Colbert been with an organization like 17 years. GM, Ozzie, they just passed the torch from Ozzy, but Ozzy still, is in the facility and helping out the young GM now. I've been up for like twenty years. Like it's a reason why Pittsburgh and and the Ravens go back and forth when you want to talk about Kings of the North. It's stability. It's the and, but it starts at the top. It starts with the owner. It starts with Coach Tomlin, you know, dealing with fourth and rookies and third string quarterbacks and receivers and you know, running backs by committee—it's a reason why. It's a reason why he ain't, hasn't had a losing season. He's just been eight. It's a reason why. You know how hard it is not to have a losing season in the NFL in fourteen years. <laughs> this is, that's hard. Coach Harbaugh the same thing. Like, and I feel like because I'm still a fan. do nobody. Everybody who plays in the AFC North or know, knows football. You know, he's a hell of a coach. Cause they was calling for his head last year. When they let Flacco go Lamar came and, you know, they played the playoff game and they kind of exposed, you know, Coach and, and Lamar. But coach was like, Coach Harbaugh, like I got something for y'all. Watch this. <laughs> watch this. So y'all calling for my head. Now I got a first round bye in the following year. It says a lot, but they out between them and Pittsburgh, it's it's a one-two punch. One of them gonna be in the playoffs. One. It's, and it's usually two, but one of them gonna be in the playoffs. Two, somebody gonna be in a AFC championship game. That's just that's just how it is. Stability. Ownership. Cleveland went, you got two good teams who's been winning and winning Super Bowls. How you not want to take that recipe?
0: And it'll be a few years with the Bengals too, but you'd imagine they're going to add L S U quarterback Joe Burrow as well. So it might take a few years there, but I'd imagine that If they do go ahead and draft Burrow, and I think they'd be crazy not to, that that'll that'll turn things around in Cincinnati, too. So it's going to be really competitive in the AFC North. Let's take a quick break before the final part of the show. I'll tell you about my bookie. Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get our last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Will Tom Brady and the Patriots get themselves another ring? I bet you have a feeling. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the best trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the Super Bowl games, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all from the NBA to the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and they all come through. You win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sportsbook around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. That win, get paid. Ike, before we wrap up the show, I kind of just want to go over what the Steelers need to do in the offseason to correct a lot of the offensive struggles to continue the defensive dominance that you saw this season. And I think it starts with the decision of whether or not to bring back Bud Dupree. He was excellent on the opposite side of the ball from TJ Watt. Dupree finally came through this year with 11 and a half sacks. It shattered his previous total of his career high was six. But I would imagine the Steelers have to find a way to bring him back. Even and they might have to get creative and move some guys around due to some of the salary cap restrictions but i think it starts there i think on the offensive side of the ball too you have a little bit of a challenge and here's why the steelers first draft pick in the 2020 draft as it stands right now their first pick is the 50th overall pick they don't have a first round pick for the first time since 1967 so yes you're going to get big ben back i'd imagine james connor will be healthy same thing with Juju Smith Schuster, but you'd like to see this team make a couple of moves from the offensive side
2: of the ball too to be able to improve that offensive production. I'm looking at so Pittsburgh still the philosophy, best available. That's how they a lot of team going needs. Pittsburgh still is philosophy, and I've worked with Kevin Colbert. I've sat in meetings, I didn't give him my intake. It's best available. So at that 50th position for the draft, I'm going to go with best available. Um, and I don't know what that position would be because I'm at, at 50, I'm going with the best grade, best available. Coach T, Mr. Rooney, Kevin Colbert, they all got to check that off. That's how they do it. And I know this because I've been in there. But that's how it is for them, honestly. I really don't think Pittsburgh need too much, man. It's the health factor for Pittsburgh, you know. So you gave up a first round to go get Minka. Minka wound up being worth it. So you can say what you want to say. We did a swap for a swap. Our swap returned in our favor. Juju need to get healthy. James need to get healthy. Obviously, Ben will come back. He said he wants to come back. So he's going to come back have young receivers in Deontay, who's played, you know, better than expected, having over 500 yards receiving, punt return, kickoff return, all that good stuff. Nelson played, hasn't played bad on defense. Minka has been a spark. Joe Hayden has been nothing but what we asked him to be, a seasoned veteran, especially end of the season, making plays after plays. Cam, Defensive line, they've been playing lights out now. Step on to it, needs to get healthy. Devin Bush and company, Devin Bush can go up for rookie of the year. We might need to get us a, another bona fide Devin Bush inside linebacker. Bud Dupree, I don't know if Bud, I don't know if we can afford Bud Dupree because what I do know, I'm going to pay TJ Watt $100 million. Cam is coming up the year after. So, the business side just might got to take over for Bud. I don't I don't think Bud is asking for a discount. Now, if he wants to stay in Pittsburgh, it's going to be at a discount price. But knowing Bud and, these, and this young generation, they, them boys ain't doing no discounts. <laughs> them boys want their money. And I think Pittsburgh will use their money somewhere else. And I'm looking at TJ coming up, and I'm looking at Cam going to be up in two. That's how I'm looking at it. Like, I'm thinking future. So, you can't sign everybody. You know, Jerry Jones is probably the only owner who can figure out and try to sign everybody. (laughs) Pittsburgh ain't doing that. So, I'm going into this season like we're not going to have bud. So, I go outside linebacker, you know. That's going to be a need. That's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at outside linebacker, inside linebacker, receiver, safety. That's how I'm looking at it. We'll see with Bud. The Steelers
0: have $5 million in cap space. Cap will go up to about $200 million, But if they were to keep Dupree, Steelers would have to get pretty creative. And like you said, if they want to sign some of the other star players in future off-seasons, you've got to be able to open that up. So we'll see what happens with Bud. Ike, anything else you want to get to before we sign off here?
2: No, I just want to thank all, of, all the sponsors. For being part of the family, man, between me and Mark, man, appreciate the sponsor being part of the show. Thanks for everybody listening, fans, viewers, um rating us, please do. Appreciate the rates. But yeah, man, between, you know, and I want to thank you too, Mark. Mark, Mark. Appreciate you. that. Uh, yeah, no problem, bro. Everything's been going good. This, I don't know what week this is for us, like 12?
0: It's 11 or 12. 11 yeah. Or 12. Man, yeah. We're in double digits now.
2: Yeah, the relationship has been going well. So yeah, bro, I want to appreciate I wanna appreciate you, fans, viewers, sponsors. And uh, the show has been doing nothing but getting better in the off season. It's gonna be even exciting, you know, when it comes down to these drafts and our thoughts that I think it's really our sure show is really gonna pick up. But I just wanna thank everybody for tuning in, you know, to the Believe podcast with Mark and I.
0: I appreciate you too, and you can listen to the Believe in Steelers podcast wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We'll see you next week. Happy New Year, everyone. Stay safe. So long, everybody.
2: Peace.
1: Everyone has a favorite photo. Now you can turn yours into canvas wall art at canvasworld.com. Canvasworld.com will print your photograph on a handcrafted custom canvas at the size of your choice. They combine the latest technology and environmentally friendly inks to produce canvas prints that are higher quality than ever available before. And they guarantee their work for life. Maybe that's why six of the country's top 10 hotel chains choose Canvas World. Their prices are a fraction of what you'd pay elsewhere, and it's easy. Just upload your photo, choose a size, and you're done. They'll even digitally retouch your photo absolutely free. Place your order at canvasworld.com today and save 35%, plus get free shipping when you enter promo code PHOTO at checkout. Get big canvas prints at big savings at canvasworld.com and save 35% and get free shipping when you enter promo code PHOTO at checkout. Check out. Order yours today at canvasworld.com. That's canvasworld.com, where photos become art. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the
0: extra
2: mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by.